guys, it's Timmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's August 5th, no, yeah, August 5th, 2023, and tonight was WWE SummerSlam. The show itself took place from Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, and I thought overall, this was a really, really good WWE premium live event. I mean, when you say that outside of the Battle Royal, the worst match mm, was um, Ricochet and Logan Paul because I thought that match, they put more expectations on that match than I got out of it, I think. But when you say that match was the, I don't even want to say worst, but worst of the bunch, and yes, I'm saying I like Shayna Ronda better, then you had a really good show. When those two in my opinion, at least, have the lowest match on the card. And you got a, a really good show because those two put out in an almost 20-minute match that was really, really good. But overall, I thought this was a great show, fun to watch, flew by. By the time it was over, I'm like, damn, it's over already? Time to watch Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. But with that... I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits or putting a hype chat in the, in the Twitch chat. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff of four games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember to head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're getting Remnant 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, claiming the free games like Loop Hero and Balloons TD6, or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use our code right... It's not on the screen. Why didn't it pop up? I clicked the button and it didn't pop up right there. PW Unlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Bang says, What's up? I was wondering if you were going live. Yes, I was waiting for the WWE press conference to end, just in case Triple H had any news coming out of that, which he actually didn't. He has the last couple of them, so that's why I was waiting to see if any news really broke from the press conference, and none that I was able to hear. Like, I didn't really hear anything coming out of the Triple H and WWE post-show press conference. I mean, Triple H did say that um, Vince is not involved in creative at all day-to-day, -day, which is good, but that's really just because he's out recovering from surgery. But other than that, nothing really came of it. So as far as the show itself does go, WWE SummerSlam, we had... Corey Graves and Michael Cole on commentary, as we've been getting for these premium live events. And the cold open, the intro to the show, was done by Detroit's own Kid Rock, also a WWE Hall of Famer. 
Uh, Wayne Montgomery says, so Tim, did Logan make it to Dallas for his brother's fight? He sure did. I don't know exactly when he got there because they didn't show him on the broadcast till after the fight. Like the fight ended and then they showed Logan in the crowd. So I think Logan may have got there very late. A lot later than he expected, but he was there when his brother got announced the winner. So there's at least that. There's at least that. And um, speaking of that fight, Jake Paul did beat Nate Diaz by decision. He didn't knock him down once. And then Jake said, I want to fight Nate again, but this time, next time, in an MMA fight. Where I think, depending on how that goes, Nate's going to win. If they do it, Nate's like, I'll fight anybody. I don't care. But I think Jake can outbox Nate. Maybe in an MMA fight, Jake or Nate could have the advantage because of the clinch and all that. Wrestling and like takedowns and stuff, Jake should have that as well because he did call, uh, high school wrestling. But once it gets to the ground, Nate Diaz is going to get him with that bajillion jiu-jitsu and, and submit him. So we'll see how it all does go if that MMA fight between uh, Nate Diaz and Jake Paul even gets made. Also, I did find it funny that towards the end of the fight, they were the, the commentary was like, if Jake Paul wins tonight, that'll be a 2-0 sweep for the Paul brothers. And I'm like, can you say that when one had a real fight and one had a fake fight? Can you really say that's a 2-0 sweep for the, for the Paul brothers? Mm, that's a stretch. Anyway, as far as the show does go, speaking of Logan Paul, him and Ricochet opened up the show in an 18-minute match. Paul slowed things down really early. And he hit Ricochet with the back elbow and then a neck breaker on the apron. Paul mocked Ricochet's injured tag partner, Braun Strowman, by hitting him with a power slam and then did a Hulk Hogan-like leg drop, but with some splits to make it a little different. And the crowd booed. Paul loved the boos and ate it all up. Ricochet fought back and acted as though he was going to do the people's elbow, but did a standing moonsault instead. Paul tried to go for a Spanish fly off the apron, kind of like they did at uh, Money in the Bank. But instead, land, they landed on their feet, and Ricochet hit a Spanish fly on the floor. Paul responded later with a buckshot lariat over the top to the outside. Paul then hit a high cross and a standing moonsault for a two. They fought on the top rope for a little while, and Ricochet hit an avalanche neckbreaker. Ricochet then followed this up with a handspring elbow, springboard clothesline, and a standing shooting star press. He got a two off of all that. <clears throat> there was a cool sequence where Ricochet caught Paul with a moonsault attempt, but then Paul reversed it into a tornado DDT and got a two off of it. Ricochet then responded at one point with the uh, recoil or a code breaker, but Paul sold it differently than most people. Usually you take the code breaker or the recoil and you bounce back from it. No, Paul just took it as a flat face bump, just bah, crashed down on the mat. Ricochet then got a shooting star press and got a two off of it. Paul at one point hit a flapjack and a springboard frog splash for a two, cool looking spot, where he got some good air off that springboard. Ricochet then came back with a super kick, detonation kick, and a springboard moonsault for a two. Ricochet then went for a 6.30, but Paul got out of the way. Then, someone I've never seen before, I have no clue who this is, hands, uh, not even hands, puts brass knuckles on Logan Paul's hand. Logan Paul then clocks Ricochet with it, hides in the hand, and pins him one, two, three. Well, there we go. Logan Paul wins, but not without cheating with the brass knucks. And here's why I'm going to say that this was the lowest match of the night for me. Because they kept saying this is going to be the most viral match in WWE history. There's going to be so many viral moments coming out of this match. But really, was there any? 
Was there any? The report was that they practiced this match at the PC earlier this week and that there was a viral spot. Like, what was the viral spot? What was the viral spot? A Spanish fly on the outside? A springboard frog splash? Like, there was no... I, I expected so much more from these two. More high-flying moves. It just felt like a really, really good match between Logan Paul and Ricochet, but nothing like super outstanding and over the top like they said they were going to have. So in that regard, I felt a little let down. I will say it. I felt a little let down. We then see Sheamus arriving in a monster truck. He's got the brawling brutes with him as well. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Also, I forgot to do the polls. Let's do those really fast. What did you think of SummerSlam? Let's throw these up really fast and see what we get by the time we're done here. And then we talk about Brock and Cody. And, oh, so there was something, as far as this match goes, that Triple H revealed in the press conference. I remember now. There was something about Brock and Cody that Triple H did reveal. I liked it. It was right. I didn't like it. We've got the poll there. Let's do the poll here. Liked it. It was all right. I didn't like it. All right, we got that one. Let's do the Twitch poll and the Twitter poll. Or should I say the X poll? That's what we're calling it now. <clears throat> Let's throw this. This also, just to say it, I haven't seen it yet. But just to say it, I haven't seen anything from Collision. So please no Collision spoilers in the live chat, whether that's Twitch or YouTube. I haven't seen anybody say anything yet. But I, I just have to say it just in case. Please no Collision spoilers. And let's do the Twitch poll as well. I liked it. It was all right. I didn't like it. All right. All polls are live. Let's see what we get. Let's see what we get. All right. So Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar. Rhodes got a super reaction coming out as well. He should because he's Cody Fricker Rhodes. Okay, hold on. I just got to address this in the chat. Sarah Trosi says, why didn't Randy show up? Who said Randy was supposed to show up? Why are you even asking that? No one said Randy was supposed to show up. Randy was in town, but he didn't show up because he wasn't slated to show up, because he wasn't scheduled to show up, because there was never a plan for Randy Orton to show up. You want to know why? Because Randy Orton ain't nowhere near ready to return. That's why Randy Orton didn't show up. Because everybody got it in their heads. Oh my God! Randy's in town. He's going to be on the show. Yeah, you know who else was in town? Bobby Roode. Was he on the show? No. Granted, he was supposed to work as a producer. So there was a reason he was there. But it's like, other people were in town, and they didn't appear on the show. But Morgan was in town. Did she appear on the show? No. Baron Corbin was in town. Did he appear on the show? No. So, just because someone was there doesn't mean that they were supposed to be on SummerSlam. But Cody comes out, great reaction from the live crowd. Uh, Rhodes attacks Lesnar as he warms up in the ring, and the ref just rings the bell to start the match. Lesnar responds with a high-angled German suplex, but Rhodes comes back with a consecutive disaster kick. Rhodes tried another, 
but Lesnar tackled him midair. Rhodes then avoids a corner charge, follows us up with a suicide dive. Lesnar then took control away, chucked Rhodes around, and hit some vertical suplexes for a two. Rhodes then really gets his ass beat for the remainder of this match, or for a lot of this match going forward. Lesnar has a few German suplexes as they show Rhodes' Mama Michelle in the front row. Cody kept getting knocked out of the ring, but kept getting back in the ring. Lesnar knocked him out at one point and yelled, Save yourself! Rhodes then rolled back in the ring, and Lesnar said, Cody, this is only going to get worse. Lesnar hits another suplex. Lesnar knocks Rhodes out a couple more times, and he kept getting back right at like 8 and 9, right at the last seconds, the refs counting him out. Lesnar then gets frustrated and gives him an F5 on the floor. Rhodes then gets back at 9, and the fans lose their minds. Yeah, Cody! Rhodes then fires up and hit a few right hands, but Lesnar quickly suplexes him, F5s him on the announce table this time, though. Like, hey, I'm going to kill you. Stay down. Cole tried to talk some sense into Cody on commentary. He's like, Cody, maybe you should just stay down. Maybe just take the count out. Rhodes. Then got back in at nine yet again. Lesnar gave him an overhead belly-belly suplex. Lesnar gave him a German suplex as Rhodes ripped off the top turnbuckle coming off that German. So basically, he's in the corner. Brock's got him like this, and as he's going back for the German, Cody grabs the turnbuckle, whoop, rips the turnbuckle pad off. Rose was finally able to knock Lesnar down at one point by hitting him with his steel steps. Um, this was not a disqualification, which was very weird. because This match was not no disqualification. Well, no. He didn't really hit him with the steps. He had the steps in his hands. Brock kicked the steps away. And all of that kind of like just knocked both guys down. He got in the ring. Rhodes hit a disaster kick. Rhodes then hit a Cody cutter. Rhodes then hit another Cody cutter, this time from the top rope. And he get a near fall off of it. Lesnar would then apply the Kimura, and Rhodes almost tapped out before eventually getting to the bottom rope to break the hold. Lesnar tried to go for an F5, but Rhodes pushed him chest first into the exposed buckle. Rhodes would then apply the Kimura. Rock sold it big, but eventually did power out. Rhodes then countered an F5 into three consecutive crossroads. Basically, what he was trying to do to beat Roman at WrestleMania, one crossroad, two crossroads, when he tried to go for that third one in Mania, Solo spiked him. This time, no Solo to spike him. Third crossroad, pins Brock, bada-bing, bada-boom. Cody picks up the victory. Cody is now 2-1 over Brock. Pretty sure this is done. Brock versus Cody. Then, in a very out-of-character move, Brock Lesnar gets up, and he gets in Cody's face. And I'm like, uh-oh, is there going to be some post-match brawl? But no. Brock embraces Cody. Brock hugs Cody. Brock shakes Cody's hand. Brock raises Cody's arm and the crowd pops. Well, according to Triple H in the post-show press conference, he states that none of that was planned and that was all Brock. That was all Brock in the moment. Basically, Cody fully earned Brock's respect, I guess, and Brock wanted to share that and show that and do what he did. Again, according to Triple H, that moment in the ring after the match with Brock raising Cody's arm, Brock shaking Cody's hand, Brock hugging Cody, was all a spur-of-the-moment thing that was not planned out whatsoever at all, which is super cool to see from Brock Lesnar.
So as we move forward, we then had the SummerSlam Battle Royal presented by Slim Jim. Most of the people when this uh, match got going, like when we first started to see everybody in the ring, were already in the ring. Miz kind of got an entrance. LA Knight got an entrance. AJ Styles got an entrance. And then the match was about to start. I think the bell even rang. And then we hear MVP, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, this match is good and all, but I think one more person is ready to enter this match, and we know who it is. Out comes Omos. So Omos enters the ring, and immediately, within like 10 seconds, throws out Apollo Crews. J.D. McDonough then tries to chop the chest of Omos. Omos grabs him, pumps him over his head, and just throws him onto Cruz on the outside. Rick Boogs also gets thrown out pretty quickly. Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci work together to get rid of Otis and Chad Gable. No, they get rid of Otis. They try to get rid of Chad Gable, and Gable eliminates Vinci. Boss Ciampa then eliminates Eric and Ivar of the Viking Raiders before eliminating Shinsuke Nakamura. Bronson Reed then eliminates Ciampa and Ridge Holland. Austin Theory then eliminated uh, Cameron Grimes. Santos Escobar then eliminated Theory, which builds up towards their title match this week on SmackDown. And then Gable eliminated Kaiser, and the crowd yelled, Thank you! Omos lifted Butch and Matt Riddle and easily eliminated them. Ban this person from the chat. LA Knight then started talking, uh, taking the fight to Omos to the delight of the crowd, but Omos dropped him with a big boot. Everyone then started teaming up on Omos, leading to Styles giving him a phenomenal forearm. Everyone then eliminates Omos altogether, big man out. Grayson Waller and Miz then slightly team up as they team up on Gable, but he avoided elimination. LA Knight then eliminated Miz, and the crowd popped. Sheamus eliminates Waller. Styles eliminates Karrion Cross again building up to their match on SmackDown. Gable then tried to suplex Reed, but Reed eliminated him instead. Crowd booed. Uh, LA Knight then eliminates Reed. Very similar to how um, Chris Benoit eliminated the big show from the Royal Rumble 2005. 2004. 2004. And the crowd pops for this big elimination. Styles then had Knight set up for a forearm, but Cross grabbed the leg of AJ Styles outside the ring. Sheamus then booted Styles off the apron and eliminated him. Cross then started screaming at AJ. Again, they're going to have a match on SmackDown. Carrying Cross and AJ Styles. Uh, we then got Knight and Sheamus. Two had a match last night on SmackDown. LA Knight won that match. And, well, LA Knight wins this again. Crowds loudly chanting for LA Knight. As he spells out his name, L.A. Knight. Yeah! They fought back and forth until Knight hit an overhead suplex. Knight then eliminates Sheamus and picks up the victory. Crowd was so happy that L.A. Knight gets the win here. Crowd loved it. And I loved it too. I said L.A. Knight should win, and L.A. Knight won. So I like that. Hopefully we start to get that L.A. Knight push going forward. But this is a really fun, I will say, really, really fun battle royal. One of the better battle royals outside of like the Royal Rumble that I've seen in a while from any company, to be completely honest. We then move on to the seven and a half minute MMA rules match with Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Now, I assumed this match may have rounds, maybe, but they didn't. I thought it would have been cooler if they did. They did wear MMA gloves, which was cool, but the ref did the little MMA spiel in the middle of the ring. I told you the rules backstage. Are you ready to go? Yeah, are you ready to go? Yeah, break them up. Ah, fight. We get that. Rousey offered a fist bump before the match. 
Cole noted that she never done that before, and Baszler declined it. They did some stuff until Baszler kicked Rousey right in the head and knocked her out of the ring. Like, Ronda sold this so well. Baszler had control until Rousey responded with a knee to the gut and a knee to the head. Um, some fans became restless as medical staff checked on Baszler in the corner. Baszler was selling that her arm was all messed up. And Rousey kind of pulled the medical staff away and was like, no, 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 we ain't ending this like this. This ain't how it's going to end. Baszler then fires up out of the corner, holding the arm, hurt, like she's playing up the injury. But Rousey blocks a Carafuda clutch attempt. Rousey then tries to go for the arm bar, but Baszler counters it into an ankle lock. Rousey then counters into a sleeper hold. Baszler then fought out of the sleeper hold and put Rousey in the Carafuda clutch. Rousey would pass out eventually, and the referee would call for the bell, giving Ronda Rousey, or Shayna Baszler, I mean, the technical submission victory. That's what Michael Cole called it. Michael Cole said that Shayna Baszler wins by technical submission because, well, Ronda passed out and couldn't continue because of a submission hold, but she never tapped out. So Baszler got what she wanted. She said, I'm going to submit Ronda. I'm going to beat Ronda by submission. That's what she did. And I thought, for what this was supposed to be and what these two women wanted to accomplish, I liked this match. I actually really enjoyed it. But again, going forward, I think MMA rules should have rounds. It's just my opinion, though. It was cool and all, but it could have made it more MMA if they really wanted to. So then WWE announces, well, Mike Rome announces that there are 59,194 in attendance in Ford Field tonight. This then led to Gunter, Gun, or Gunta, defending the Intercontinental Championship against Drew McIntyre in a sub-14-minute match. Michael Cole did note that Gunter is only 32 days away from breaking the record of becoming the longest Intercontinental Champion of all times. Or, or... As one former Intercontinental Champion himself, Santino Morello, would say, of all of the times. Longest Intercontinental Champion of all of the times. Because remember when he was like, I'm going to break the Honky Tonk Man's record and become the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all of the times. Man, I miss Santino. And I get it. Santino works for Impact and he, he's more himself, Anthony Corelli or, Corelli or whatever. But still goes by the name Santino Morello or whatever. But I miss the Santino Morello character so much. It was one of my favorite things back in that era. Like when he made fun of Batista one time and he's like, I'm at the manimal of Batista. I shoot the fireworks out of my arms. I love Santino so much. Like I said, like me and my buddy Drew, you should just sit there and watch Santino compilation like videos of just the different Santino jokes and stuff. Like, uh, when he would be like, oh, Beto Phoenix, the Glamour Amazon. Ah, the Beto Phoenix. Man, I miss Santino. His daughter's in NXT, Ariana Grace. She's out injured right now. Says so she's working on coming back soon, so that's cool. But she's just a regular person. She's not like an over-the-top Italian guy. And this guy don't even have an Italian accent. This guy ain't even really Italian. But whatever. I think it was Jim Cornette got him to do the, the thing. And they loved it, and they went with it. Now, Santino Morella. And then he was his sister, Santina Morella, and won the women's WrestleMania Battle Royal, WrestleMania 25. But yeah, that's a whole other story for a whole nother day. 
Again, I miss me some Santino. So, McIntyre had the early advantage until Gunter dropped him back first onto the steel steps. Um, Gunter then hit some chops and a double underhook suplex, followed by a clothesline. They then traded clotheslines until Gunther dropped him with one and hit a German suplex, but McIntyre popped right up and dropped Gunther with a clothesline. McIntyre then hit some chops, consecutive overhead suplexes, and a neck breaker. Gunther ducked a Claymore attempt and hit a drop kick, but McIntyre came back with a powerbomb and a DDT for a two. Gunther then rolled out of the ring, so McIntyre hit a flip dive. McIntyre went for the Claymore, but Gunther again hit a drop kick, followed by a powerbomb for a near fall. Gunther then followed this up with a splash and did get a two off of it. The two exchanged many chops until McIntyre ducked one, hit a Claymore, and got a near fall. Crowd starts chanting, this is awesome. This is awesome. Well, they exchange strikes, and they're on the top rope at this point. Gunther crotches Drew on the top rope. Gunther then follows this up with a splash, a clothesline, and a powerbomb, and picks up the victory to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Like, they're not getting Gunter this close to the record of overall longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all of the times and not having him break that record. He's a month and two days away. He's 32 days away. He's going to get that record. And I, I hope he holds this belt for many more months. Many, many, many. Gunter retains. McIntyre storms to the back, which is very interesting. And Gunther poses for the Intercontinental title. Now, here's the thing. Crowd was kind of dead at this point for this match. They did get him towards the end. But for a good three quarters of this match, the crowd really wasn't fully into it. You could tell this crowd's getting tired already. So we have an 18 and a half minute match for the WWE World's Heavyweight Championship. It's Seth Rollins against Finn Balor. And we just had straight up Finn Balor. No demon, no special anything. Just straight up Finn Balor. So... Um, one interesting thing to note, Seth Rollins wore the exact same vest that he wore seven years ago at SummerSlam when he injured Finn. When Finn beat him and then he injured Finn. The same black and green vest. Also, Balor had a seven painted on his shoulder, same shoulder that was injured. Early on, Balor ducked Rollins from, uh, decked Rollins from behind as he soaked in the crowd singing his song. Well, he was soaking in the crowd singing his song. Whoa. fights back, and the ref separates the two before finally officially starting the match. Balor targeted Rollins' shoulder, but Rollins fought back with Falcon Arrow and three straight suicide dives. Balor's then lip and mouth was busted open at some point. He's bleeding a little bit from the mouth. Balor then draped Rollins and his arm over the top rope and drove the shoulder right into the ring post. Balor at one point powerbombed Rollins into the barricade, just as Rollins did to him seven years ago, and then followed up with a sling blade and a headlock elbow drop for a two. Balor then applied an arm bar, but Rollins hoisted him up and hit consecutive buckle bombs and a frog splash for a two. Balor hit a double foot stomp and a drop kick in the corner. Balor went up, but Rollins brought him down with a superplex. Before Rollins could follow this up with his patented um, Falcon Arrow, Balor applied a schoolboy and got a two. They exchanged kicks, which led to both men going down for a double-down spot. Balor at one point hit a drop kick, but Rollins avoided a coup de gras and hit a pedigree for a near fall. 
crowd started to get to their feet as they noticed, here comes Mr. Money in the Bank, or Senor Money in the Bank, Damien Priest. He walks down the aisle, briefcase in hand. Two back in the rings, Rollins and Styles, exchange cradles until Priest clocks Rollins from behind and also behind the referee's back. Fowler then followed this up with the pedigree of his own and got a very close two. Um, Damien Priest then starts signaling and out comes Dom and Rhea. They make their way to ringside from the crowd. The ref tried holding them back as Balor and Priest argued because Priest was like, here's the briefcase, use it. Here's the briefcase, use it, use it, use it. And Rollins used this distraction of Priest to Finn to go for a curb stomp. He knocks Finn down and then goes for the curb stop, gets a close near fall off of it. Rollins then wipes Priest out with a dive before stomping Dom. When we return to action back into the ring, Balor gave Rollins a sling blade, drop kick, and a coup de grace for such a close near fall. Like, Seth kicked out at the just perfect last second. Priest then kind of slides and leaves the briefcase in the ring. Presumably for Finn to use as a weapon. The ref's distracted at this point. As Finn bent down to go for the briefcase, Rollins ran at him, stomped him face first on the briefcase, and then pinned him. One, two, three, to retain the title. So some now we got the debate. Some are saying, oh, it's all Damien's fault. But some are saying, no, it's not. Because Damien didn't directly say, you know, he said earlier, use the briefcase, use the briefcase, here's the briefcase. Yes, the briefcase got left in the ring by Damien. But that was a good minute and a half, two minutes earlier before Finn actually went for it. Finn was going for the briefcase when he got stomped on it. So, you can say this was Damien's fault, but at the same time, you can argue it's not, which I really, really like. So, Finn's going to come on Monday and be like, Damien, what was all that? You screwed me. You, you lost me the match. Damien's like, no, 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 no. Seth took me out, and then you tried to use the briefcase. You tried to go for the briefcase. When I tried to give it to you, you didn't want it. So, I stopped trying to help, and then I got taken out. That's what, you know, Damien can say. But again, just like the last match, crowd was semi into it early, kind of got into it halfway, but not really till the end of the match that they really, really get into it. Probably right when like Judgment Day started coming out is when they finally got the crowd because the crowd's like, oh, Judgment Day's here. What's going to happen? Again, another match. The crowd really wasn't fully into it. We then get a sponsored pre-tape segment with Alpha Academy and they put Miz in an equipment box. We then had a 20-and-a-half-minute triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. So, Belair and Flair showed off some athleticism early on until Asuka dropped them both with suplexes. Belair and Asuka then had an exchange until Charlotte dropped them both with a high cross. This then led to some messy sequences, not the best of, of moves here, where Charlotte was, I think, supposed to do something to both women in the corner, but then needed, like, the ref's Help with her gear. We've seen this a lot with Charlotte. Charlotte's always having something wrong with her gear. Blair and Asuka just kind of stood there and waited. And then finally Asuka was like, yeah, no, I'm going to go for an Asuka lock to kill time. Charlotte then wound up doing the plan spot eventually, which didn't look all that great anyways. Basically, she clotheslined both women in the corner. And yeah. Blair then got a chance to shine a little bit later when she tried to go for a moonsault on both women, but they got their knees up. And... Corey Graves plays this up earlier where 
Bianca gets hurt, and he's like, well, yeah, she moonsaulted onto four knees, Cole. Bosco put Charlotte in the Oscar lock, and Belair broke it up with a moonsault. Charlotte at one point hit and kind of missed Belair with a moonsault off the top to the outside, but then Asuka kicks Charlotte. Asuka drops Charlotte with a DDT off the top, which also didn't look all that great, and then Belair broke up the pin. Charlotte booted Asuka from the, the ring before Belair gave Charlotte a release German suplex. Asuka tried to steal the pin at one point, but Charlotte did kick out. Asuka applied an armbar, and Charlotte got to her feet. Belair then slammed her. Asuka put Belair in an Asuka lock, and Charlotte tried to cover Asuka's shoulders down, and she kicked out. Charlotte then at one point moonsaulted both women, tried to pin them both like a Roman Reigns stacked pin, and they both kicked out. Charlotte at one point dumped Belair from the ring, and she seemed to land awkward on her knee and started selling it big as officials ran over to check on her. As the other two women in the ring just kind of started fighting, they showed replays so you could hear the crash of the steel steps, but never actually showed potential injury. I don't think Bianca was hurt, but I think it was all selling. Asuka at one point gave Charlotte a superplex as the officials helped Bianca up the ramp to make it seem like, oh, Bianca's pulled from the match. Bianca's gone. Bianca's done. Charlotte then hits Asuka with two spears and gets a two count. As Charlotte goes to apply the figure four, Belair then shoves her way back through the officials, limps down to ringside, climbs in the ring with the, uh, with the help of the ropes, gets to the top rope, hits a 450 on an elevated Charlotte, which looked pretty cool, and got a near fall off of it. The next sequence then led to Charlotte putting Belair in the figure figure eight, but Asuka sprayed mist in Charlotte's face. It seemed like Asuka might win here as a result, but Belair then rolls her up and pins her to pick up the victory. Belair, new WWE Women's Champion. So, I think they tried to do a little too much in this match. They lot lost once or twice. Not fully sold on the Bianca injury thing. Unless it was a real injury, I don't know. But the whole Bianca injury angle in the match, if it was an angle, didn't really work for me. Because she just came right back, no problem, kind of. like She kind of sold the knee, but not really sold it too well. And Eh, this is there. Then we hear EO's music. And out comes EO and Bailey. Bailey helps EO by knocking out um Bianca or knocking out Asuka and Charlotte with the briefcase. She then hands EO the briefcase. EO jumps in the ring, gives it to the referee, and says, I'm cashing in. We then get EO versus Bianca for the title. This match goes eight seconds. Sky attacks Belair with the briefcase before officially cashing it in. She hits her. Then the referee calls for the match to start. She climbs the ropes as the bell is ringing. She hits the moonsault. One, two, three, bing, bang, boom. New WWE Woman's Champion. Crowd was all for this. Like the moment EO came down, they're like, we're getting a cash in. We're getting a cash in. This ain't going to be a fail. This ain't going to be a, a fake. No, we're getting. Like we knew it. Not only did the crowd go nuts for this, but then out came Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai appeared from the crowd and celebrated with her friends as well. We have brought new life. The damage control. Yo, Sky is your new WWE Women's Champion. And they even gave Sky a good amount of time to celebrate in the ring as well. So I liked all of this. I thought the triple threat with the women was good, but clunky at times. And they got lost once or twice. Not the best match. But then Neo cashing in and this and that. Boom. And Corey Graves reminded us. We're still at 100% for women's cash-ins. No woman thus far has ever failed a cash-in. Then, it's 8.20 p.m. Pacific. And I go, okay, 
So this match is going 20, 30 minutes, maybe 30. Jay comes out. Well, we get a big old video package first. Jay comes out, and Roman comes out, and I'm cooking in the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, I got time. Roman's going to come to the ring. I'll hear the, the entrances. You know, I'll hear Mike Rome doing the, the ring entrances and whatnot once Roman gets in the ring. And like five minutes later, I go back into the living room. Freaking Roman's still walking down the aisle. Well, he had gotten to the ring. So I'm like, oh, what the f- this is The Undertaker? Go back in the kitchen. Cook up some more stuff. Go back in the living room. Roman's on the apron doing the one. I'm like, what the fuck? He's still not in the ring? Go back in the kitchen. About a minute and a half later, I then hear Mike Rome. Your WWE Universal, or Undisputed Universal Champion, Roman. Hooray! I'm like, oh, they're finally starting this goddamn match. Like, this took forever to get started. Again, the entrances began at 11, or at 8.20 p.m., and the match itself didn't start for 15 minutes. Jeez. So the match starts off slow, and the two are feeling each other out for four or five minutes. And I go, oh, this is going long. This is going 30, 35 at least. And this match does go 36. Like, when they started slow, I said, this match is going long. Way longer than I expected. Because I thought, okay, match starts at 35 after. The show's going to be over at the top of the hour. They're getting 25 minutes. Maybe 30 at the moment. Nope, they got 36. So, uh, Jay hits Roman with the right hand at one point and then hits a suicide dive as Roman falls to the outside. Jay then also drove him into the steel steps and the crowd chants, we want tables. So, Jay pulls out a table. Doesn't come into play for a while, though. Jay at one point gets distracted by Paul Heyman, only person that came out with Roman. Remember this at this point. It's only Roman and Heyman out there right now. Again, Jay gets distracted by Heyman, who tried to plead with, with um, Jay as Reigns was able to take advantage of the distraction here. Jay then fought back until Reigns hit him repeatedly with a kendo stick shot. Multiple kendo stick shots, actually, where he's hitting Roman so hard that this kendo stick is, like, look at my fingers, the kendo stick, and it's bending, bending over Roman's back. Roman had some big welts on his back later on in the match. Um, Roman gets to his feet, and Jay hits him with a couple clotheslines. Reigns, though, at one point eventually goes for a Superman punch, and Jay hit him repeatedly with a kendo stick until it broke, and then he follows up with a flip dive. Jay then came off the top, but Reigns caught him in midair with a Superman punch and got a two. Jay countered a spear at one point right into a schoolboy. This is a cool one. So Roman's running at Jay for a spear. Jay leapfrogs over Roman, rotates him right into the schoolboy, grabs a handful of tights, and gets a two off of it. Corey Graves says, oh, Jay Uso almost stole one there from the head of the table. Jay then hits Reigns with, uh, in the back twice with, no. Uh, Jay follows up the super kick and an Uso splash, but Roman kicks out. Jay then reaches and grabs the steel chair and hits Roman in the back twice with the steel chair. He hits that first chair shot, just hoofa, and the freaking top part of the chair bent, big old dent in it. He waylaid Roman. Paul Heyman kind of comes up on the apron like he does where he doesn't get fully up on the apron, but he's like got one leg up and he's like holding on. He's like, stop! Stop! He loves you! He loves you! He doesn't want this! Roman doesn't want this! Jay keeps on wailing. Ka-cha-cha! Ka-cha-cha! I think he hits Roman like 10 times with a steel chair. 
He then tried to superplex at one point, but Reigns slips out and power bombs him onto a few chairs that um, Jay had set up in the ring. Reigns then sets up a table in the corner, but Jay wound up giving him a Samoan drop off the apron through a table set up on the outside. Despite the weapon spots, the match was fairly dull to this point. Like, there were some cool spots, but the crowd was dead. And I get a text message from my buddy Drew, and he's like, this is not really a good crowd, is it? He said, quote, this SummerSlam crowd sucks. And I was like, well, they're probably tired after four hours. And they're in a big-ass football stadium, so they're not going to sound all that great, especially once they start getting tired. He's like, yeah, true. So, uh, Roman power bombs him onto... Already read all that. He has Simone drop off the apron, through the table to the outside. For about 20, 25-minute mark here, and Jay goes for a strap under the ring, and he whips Roman with it a couple times. Fight then finally ends up in the crowd with Jay in charge, but then... Little brother, Solo Sokoa. The big thing from last night's SmackDown was Jay beat down Solo in that match at the end of the show. Will Solo even have anything to return with? Will Solo be here? Solo was here. Sokoa put Jay on. Uh, Sokoa put Jay through a table at one point with Reigns giving direction. Sokoa put Jay uh, started to drag Jay towards the ring when Roman said, "Bring him back to the ring." Because at this point, they're fighting in the crowd. Jay gets put through the table, and I look at my roommate and I go. Is this false count anywhere or what? And then literally, that moment, Roman goes, take him to the ring. And I go, never mind. Nope. Yeah, pin him in the ring. So, Solo starts dragging Jay to the ring. Eventually, says, screw this. Throws him up on his shoulders. Brings him back to the ring. Roman's directing traffic. Solo carries him to ringside. Reigns in order Sokoa to put him down. Sokoa gave him a spinning Solo. Sokoa and Reigns were about to do their double team spot, but Jay dodges it. Yanks Solo over, and Roman spears Solo instead of uh, Jay. Reigns is beside himself here, shocked at what just happened. Jay then spears Roman and gets a near fall off of it. Match starts in high gear now. Match is going good from this point on. Jay hit both men with the steel chair at one point, but Solo saved Roman again by superkicking Jay. A frustrated Solo Sokoa at ringside started like staring down Roman and started telling Roman, Why? Why do I always got to do everything? This allowed Jay to spear Roman through the barricade of the timekeeper's area. Solo then kind of stood over both men, contemplating his next move. And I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Is Solo not going to help? Never mind. He picks up Jay. He looks like he's going to put Jay through the table. He'll do the same spot from SmackDown. Looks like he's going to do the slam through the table. Jay gets out of it. Boom, super kick. Solo's on the announce table. Jay goes to climb up on the barricade, and he kind of can't get it for a second. And he looks at the guy in the front row and goes, give me a hand. So the guy holds his hand, and Jake jumps up on the barricade, splashes Solo through the announce table. Back in the ring. And Jay spears Roman, and the crowd goes to their feet like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. As Jay is on the top rope going for the splash. Jay hits the splash, goes for the pin. One, two, yoink. He's pulled out of the ring by a man in a hoodie. The man in the hoodie then pulls off the hoodie to reveal, it's fucking Jimmy! What the hell, Jimmy? Jimmy helped Roman and screwed his twin brother. Corey Graves is losing his shit. No, it's been Jimmy and Jay since day one. What are you doing? Crowd starts booing and chanting, fuck you, Jimmy. Fuck you, Jimmy. 
Jimmy then super kicks Jay. Jay is kind of half out of it, half not, as he watches Jimmy just leave. Jimmy or Jay starting to slowly get to his feet as Roman spears him through that table that was set up in the corner. Roman then goes for the pin one, two, three, and retains the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship. Ah, not a big fan of the finish. Like, oh, Jimmy just helped Roman. This plays into what Heyman and Roman said weeks ago. Jimmy was always jealous of Jay. Because Jay only thought about himself. It's main event Jay Uso, not main event Usos. Match that ends 10 minutes after the top of the hour. It's midnight on the East Coast. 9-10 here in California. So, I wanted more of a decisive win. I didn't want Jimmy. Because now, we're, what are we going to do? We're going to payback, and Jay's going to look for payback on Jimmy when we get Jimmy versus Jay? That's not what I wanted. I didn't want the Usos to split up like this. I did not want an Uso breakup. I thought they'd be done with Roman, and then they can go back and try to get the tag titles and try to run the tag team division. Nope. That ain't what we're getting, god dang it. Shocking. Not the shocking I wanted. I kind of wanted Roman just to win decisively. Yes, have that solo help, probably, like we got. Then I wanted Roman just to win it and then be done. No more bloodline stuff. Now what is this? Jimmy's still bloodline, and now it's Jimmy versus Jay? I wanted just to move on from all this. Roman's going to get a new challenger, of course. But... eh. Akilzoi Army says he was there. And didn't get out of Ford Field until 1 a.m. Damn, it took you an hour after the show ended to leave? That's crazy. Wow. Uh, Kizzle Army also says he was on his feet the entire match. That's cool. That's good to see. Uh, Tyreek says, plot twist of the century, in my opinion. Now, I will say, I did not expect this. I thought Jimmy would come to help Jay. That's what I assumed. That's what I expected. Because when Solo shows up, I go, okay, where's a Jimmy to help a Jay? But we didn't get it. We got Jimmy to screw a Jay instead. But overall, this was a really good show, a fantastic SummerSlam. And according to Triple H, it broke all kinds of records again for attendance. It broke record for, for the gate. It broke record for sponsorship numbers, social media numbers, all that kind of stuff. So really, really cool. And yeah, that was WWE SummerSlam. You know what that, guys? You know what I thought of SummerSlam? Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's WWE SummerSlam event from Fort Field in Detroit, Michigan. So let's go over here and check the polls. Let's refresh all of these really fast. But yeah, Jimmy versus Jay. Eh, we'll probably be good. But nah, I just wanted the Usos back as a tag team to go for them tag titles. Because think about it. Usos back together against whatever this heel street profits are going to be. Oh my God, would that be good? As far as the Twitch poll does go, 100% liked the show. Looking at the X Twitter poll, whatever you want to call it. 62% liked the show. 22% thought it was just all right. And 15% did not like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll, 73% uh, liked the show. 19% thought it was just all right. And 8% didn't like it. A couple of the comments here. This person says loved it. Or says, I loved it. Better SummerSlam show to watch last year. I love End 2. Congratulations to all the winners. And this one says, a really, really solid show overall. 
Shame that Ronda slash Shayna wasn't a no DQ or something, or it might have actually been something good. I liked it, and I liked the match for what it was. So I could see where people may not have liked it. I could see where people may have been let down with it. I don't think it needed to be no DQ, though. Because I don't think they needed to have a big old weapons-filled match, especially since that's what we got in the main event. And you don't want too many similar matches. The same AEW, who just lets the, the asylum go and say, do whatever you want in your matches, and then we get the same fucking thing in different matches throughout the night. Like, on the last pay-per-view, how many times do we get, like, the same similar spots in, like, three different matches? And finally, the YouTube live poll. 81% liked the show. 16% thought it was just all right. And 4% didn't like it. With that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PeteWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Um, because Joy Armor says the crowd was dead during the MMA rules match. Well, I, I assumed it probably would be. It's Ronda and Shayna. And like a lot of people cared, but not cared enough. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more we'll be back live monday morning for the wrestling wrap-up with that guys have a great rest of your weekend and i'll see you next time have a good one guys